This week, we have a very special episode. This episode is a replay from the podcast, The Dance Boss Podcast by Aaron Pride. In this episode, Aaron interviews our host, Claire O'Shea. Every week on Aaron's podcast, she shares insights and inspiration on systemizing your dance classroom and improving student growth. She also shares interviews with dance entrepreneurs who are crushing it. To learn more about Erin, you can visit her website, erindpride.com, and listen to her podcast by searching The Dance Boss Podcast on iTunes. We also had Erin here on the show previously, where she discussed all about creating benchmarks and systems in the dance classroom. To listen to that episode also, simply visit claireoshakecoaching.com EP58. Now, let's dive into the show where Erin interviews Claire about her perspective as a dance business coach and studio owner. An important message for all dance entrepreneurs and dance studio owners. The Studio Grow and Glow course cart will be closing soon. Starting May 6, 2019, Claire will be hosting this live four-week mini coaching program. With this course, you will be supplied with the essential information and easy-to-implement practical steps to give your studio the kickstart it needs to grow. If you want to solidify and define your big studio goals, integrate management and leadership strategies with your team, and master your marketing all year long, then this course is for you. Simplify your long-term vision with your studio and get the accountability you need to stay on track. The last day to sign up will be Wednesday, May 1st, 2019. To learn more and secure your spot before the cart closes, head on over to claireoshakecoaching.com slash grow and glow. Hello and welcome to season two of the Dance Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Pride. I'm so excited to be doing season two. It just feels so good to me. I don't know if you know, but if you follow me on social media or have listened to previous episodes, you know I'm all about using your superpowers. I believe God, universe, Buddha, whatever you believe in or whoever you want to call it gives us superpowers. And I think one of mine is to educate. And right now, the vehicle I'm using to do that is by sharing on this podcast. I love being here and I love this community. You know, it is a new year. We are in January and you know how it goes. We have so many goals. We want to achieve so many things, all the things. And then by February, we lose sight of it. But I am hoping that this podcast helps my dream catchers and entrepreneur spirited people really hone in on their passion and really do that thing they feel called to do. And I also hope this podcast helps my fellow dance educators systemize their classroom so that they can have freedom in their life because we're not only meant to do one thing. And when one area of your life is planned well, it gives you freedom to navigate and to soar in other areas of your life. So I am jumping right into 2019 with an awesome interview from Claire O'Shea. So let me ask you something. Have you ever thought about putting your dance studio owner skills to use? Or do you feel like you need guidance in setting up systems around the daily operations of your studio? I know when I started my coaching business, I felt called to coach. I knew that I wanted to do education outside of the studio setting, outside of teaching dance, and I wanted to educate my fellow dance educators. Well, Claire systemizes 
dance studios, daily operations. And that is what she is talking about today. She's talking about how to become a coach if you feel called to do that. She's talking about how to systemize your dance studio so that it can run successfully and you know where I'm going so you can have more freedom in your life to live and pursue other dreams. We talk about finding your ideal student, how to let go of those people who are not serving you in your studio, which I know is hard because everybody wants good retention rates. We talk about setting boundaries and moving away from the we serve all mentality. This is an amazing episode and I can't wait for you to hear Claire. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Dance Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Pride, and this podcast is for my fellow dance educators and dream catchers. Each week, I will share insights and inspiration on systemizing your dance classroom and improving student growth. I will also share interviews with dance entrepreneurs who are crushing it with out-of-the-box ways to support the dance community, maybe giving you the nudge you need to take the leap on your next creative project. Make sure you subscribe to the show and leave a review. Your feedback helps get the word out and most importantly, helps build community. I want to welcome back our sponsor for season two, Apollo Performance. I love this company and I'm not just saying that because they are sponsoring the podcast. When I started this podcast, I was like, I would love to build a partnership with a brand that I believe in and a brand who is about community development and really about creating something for dancers from a heart-centered place. And that is what Apollo Performance is. You know, I love their shocks. You have to try them. You have to see if you love them. They are definitely, definitely worth a try. My students wear them all of the time. I always say something funny to them, like they have socks on. They love socks and I can't stand socks because they're dangerous. And I say, you cannot wear socks. You can only wear your shocks. And then they suck their teeth, the kids that don't have them. But the thing is... They are safe, they have compression, they have traction, they are just an amazing asset to the dance community and they help you care for your vessel. So I would definitely give them a try. I'm saying that sincerely because I do believe in them. Head over to apollaperformance.com and get yourself a pair. Claire O'Shea is a business mindset coach who helps dance studio entrepreneurs scale their business into a dance empire and dramatically increase their profits while creating more freedom. Claire's goal is to help dance studio owners know that they are not alone. Hello, Claire. I am so excited to have you on today's podcast. It was just a joy speaking with you on yours, and um, I'm so glad we connected. How are you today? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on your show. So, you do so many things and have such an incredible and inspiring like journey. Do you mind telling us a little bit about what led you opening Dance Energy Studios at the age of 19? Yeah, so I had always sort of taught classes and been an assistant and then went through my qualifications to make sure that, you know, I was able to teach dance and I went into uni to do education and was, you know, halfway or not even halfway, probably just started my degree and literally one morning my mom called me and was just talking to me about how this cute hall down the road from our house would make a really good dance studio. And that's kind of what sparked the whole 
idea process really like I didn't ever have an intention to set out like I always thought it would be a fun idea but I never like actively had a plan in place but once that sort of idea got sparked I just kind of ran with it and it it took off a lot quicker than I anticipated and it's been uh, an ongoing journey ever since. So your parents were behind you because 19 is pretty young so they totally supported this idea? Yes, they did. I'm pretty lucky. My parents are fantastic. They also are small business owners. They always saw that that was a great option. Now my mom wonders sometimes whether she should have given me the idea, but I'm definitely happy that she did. So yeah, they have always been very supportive and helped me a lot along the way. I I love that because a lot of times I'm a high school dance educator and a lot of times Mm. people push college, college and, you know, get a corporate job, you know, go the same route. And it's just, it's just so beautiful that you had people behind you that knew that a small business could make a living. And I, and I just, Mm. you know, I talk to my students about like, you don't have to do the traditional thing. You don't have to do what everybody says. So I really, I really enjoy that. That's part of your journey. I still like I still went to university and graduated with my bachelor. I think if I had spoken about dropping out, mum and dad wouldn't have been pleased with that. But when I started, I thought that my degree obviously would come in handy along the way and it definitely has, having a bachelor of education. So I juggled both of those when I first started the business and then I was able to manage that. And thankfully, as I got really busy, I'd I'd already graduated at that point. So that was a blessing. So can you tell us a little bit, because I already know about how successful your studio is. Like you've opened two, right? Like you have two now? Yeah. Well, I always say I only have one studio. We have two locations. So we are Dance Energy and we have a like our own space in the main street of our town, I guess. Uh, And then we'd also run classes out of a local primary school. So there is, I guess some people might classify it as two studios, but we are definitely the same studio just with two locations. Um, And my teachers teach at both and it's sort of just an extension of what we have. Um, But yeah, I definitely think the model of having some classes at primary schools is a really good feeder into if you have a, a bigger you know, headquarters location, or if you just have a separate junior and senior school, I think that is a good model as well. You just got to find the right space. Cause I know some people have a lot of difficulty with renting by the hour and things like that, but I've found a school that's, I never have any troubles with. So I'm very lucky. So your, is your dance, are your dance classes built into the primary school's curriculum or is it an after school no. program? It's after school. So we literally start our classes straight after the kids finish school. They do let us, you know, come to their info days and things like that. But no, we're definitely separate. We're not involved in the the day-to-day running of their school. Okay. So now the thing I love is, can you explain the journey and maybe the moment that you shifted and introduced being a business and mindset coach for dance studios owner into your life? Look, well, I just, I've always um, had a passion for learning and I've always had a passion for sharing any knowledge that I've had. And I, you know, there was a couple of things that I was doing that I was just getting a lot of inquiries about, a lot of Facebook messages and people were letting know other people that I could help with this thing or I had more info on this particular topic. 
And I was obviously more than happy to just share that with my peers. But then I sort of felt like after a while I was repeating myself and I was like, oh, there's surely there's got to be a better way to do this. And I did, I've always been obsessed with podcasts. So, and then I thought, oh, maybe I could, you know, start a little podcast and I'll see how that goes. But, you know, it's, I am an entrepreneur at heart. So when I first, when, when I started thinking about a, a way to streamline it, I thought uh, there's obviously people out there that are looking for help in relation in particular to our industry. It is very niche and it is very specific. And whilst I do think there, you know, general business coaches could obviously offer a lot of support and guidance, I do think having an understanding of how dance studios run and it just sort of, well, currently with my clients, I feel like there's already like that understanding where I don't have to talk to them about the way they run their business because, well, sorry, not the way they run their business, the way that they, like a dance studio operates because I'm already have that inside knowledge, which is really cool. And I, I love being able to test out new things in my own studio and see if they work and then being able to share that information on the podcast and, you know, on blogs and get that info out there as well. So it really was, again, sort of an organic thing. As my studio grew, I started to have a little bit more time and I don't do well with not having always being on the go. So that's sort of how it eventuated and how it sort of started to happen. And now I just sort of, you know, still have, I do the podcast and I have, you know, clients that I speak with on a regular basis and always introducing new clients into the business as well, which is very exciting. You had so many good things that you said. So I want to go back to where you said people were asking you a lot of questions. So many people mm. say, if you don't know where to start in business or you don't know what to start doing, think about the questions people are asking you. So what was kind of yeah. off the top of your head, what, was some, what were some of the most prominent questions and the most repeated questions you were getting? A lot of them were about like automating and streamlining and technology things. I just, I don't know whether it was just there was the people that were asking me questions were really struggling with how to implement business technology into a dance studio and how it would align with their business. Advertising obviously is always one and getting new students is always another. But I think the most popular questions I was always being asked was like, how do you have time to do other things and how do you not always feel overwhelmed and how do you, you know, actually have time off? So that is a priority of mine. I, I, I work a lot, but I don't work all the time and I make a, a massive priority on spending time with my, my partner and my family. And I don't work weekends other than like when we have shows and competitions, but I'm like, I don't teach every weekend it's a priority for me to balance my, my business and my life. And I'm very mindful of that. And I think that was interesting to people at the time. And I love talking about balance on this podcast as well, because it is for dancers and dance entrepreneurs, people who want to start that creative idea, but don't know how, or just need some inspiration to take the leap. And I know one thing that stands in the way is balance. And mm. you just tied it up so nicely, creating systems, because you're a systems lover just like me. I love systemizing classrooms and you love systemizing mm. businesses, creating those yeah. systems so you can have more freedom in your life. Yeah. And I am mindful when I use the word balance. I I don't believe that there's ever a perfect balance. And it's it's like when we visualize balance, I often think people think that it's 
you know, it's equally weighted work and life. And that's just not the case. Like I know for me, some weeks I don't see my family because I have to work a lot, but then the next week I might be able to have less work and see them more. So I am mindful to say that it's, it's never a perfect scenario or ever, but it's, it's about finding, I use, I sort of use it in quotation marks, the right balance for me or for that particular person. And I, I am also mindful, like I'm in a particular stage in my life. Like I don't have children and, you know, I don't have those responsibilities. So I'm able to be a little bit more selfish with my time and I'm fully aware of that. So, you know, as we go through different life stages as well, I think it's important to reevaluate and really see where you're at and what's going to be working for you at the time. Right. And that's, I like to call it seasons, like my mm. balance and my priorities change just like the seasons do. And, yeah. you know, it, it allows you to cut yourself a break because something that mm-hmm. was so important to you in the last season of your life doesn't have to be as important to you in the next season of your life. Yeah, it's so, so true. And yeah, things that used to bother me last year don't bother me this year. And, you know, you, you learn new things each each year and it's it is, yeah, it is it's exciting to be able to adapt and evolve as well. And then it also brings me on, I, I talked to Lauren Ritchie and she talked about heart-centered work and it's just been mm-hmm. sticking on me since we had the conversation on the podcast, just moving mm-hmm. from a place that you're really passionate about what you're doing. Then the balance might not be so hard. Exactly. If yeah. If you love, like, if you love what you do, you know, they say like, you never, you never work a day. And I, I, I love what I do, but I definitely still work. Like there is days where I don't really feel like doing some of the stuff that I do, but in general, I don't have a nine to five job and I know that that wouldn't be the right fit for me. I, I need that flexibility and I love that flexibility, but I also love what I do, you know, 99% of the time, which is such a blessing. Yeah. It feels like work for me too. Like even here getting ready to record the podcast. What time is it where you yeah. are? It's 9.30 in the morning. Right. And it's like 6.30 at night. You know, you have a full day ahead of you. I have a full day behind me. But it's like what got me and what got you here is your passion for it. Mm, Exactly. And um, Yeah. And it's like – and I do think like for instance this particular circumstance, like creating connections with people, it's always really inspiring. And, you know, I just feel like the more people that we can – reach out to and you know even just like in the dance studio the more students that even if they only come to my studio for one term like I I'm not devastated if people decide to move on or we're not the right fit because you know I was able to influence them for a short period of time so I just think yeah that's that's exciting too oh so see you brought something else up like I because I'm consulting within the classroom realm of getting like systems in place for Mm. that it's all about retention for studio owners. And you just yeah. said that you're okay with people moving on. Of course, your retention has to be at a certain place yeah. to make your money. But how did you come to the mindset where you're able to understand and let go and not take it so personally when students leave? It was just a process. Like, And I'm not, to, again, it's not to say that when certain people leave or it doesn't, you know, it, do, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt my feelings, but I do, like, I feel like a little sad about it. But in general, if people are just wanting to go and play soccer or they're just wanting to, you know, they, they, you know, we've had people that come to my studio and say, oh, look, it was fine. It was great, but it just, it wasn't for me or little Susie wants to go and dance with her best friend. And I can't, like, I'm not going to try and poach the best friend to appease that situation. So I just know, you know, if they really want to make the choice, I want them to be there. And if they don't really want to, well, that's okay. Like I'm going to find someone else who wants to be and who who is the right fit for my business. 
the more, you know, the more I grow, the more mature I get, the more experience I get behind me, I do realize that it, by having the right people at my business, it just makes my life so much easier. So I have no qualms in not reaccepting um, enrollments from people who are constantly paying late or not accepting enrollments to people who are rude to myself or my team members. Like I just don't need to tolerate that. I own a business. I have a private business and I don't have to accept patronage from people. And, you know, I am getting a bit more specific in who I want to deal with. And I do think by creating those boundaries, it does make people more respectful and you just kind of slowly starting to weed those crazies out essentially. But in saying that, I am also like very positive. And when people say like, oh, you know, they're going to go try something else, I let them know that they're welcome back at any time. And we do have a lot of returning clients, even if they go away for one term to try something else. So, you know, again, like you said, you do have to have a good retention rate to be able, you know, to not constantly have to start from scratch every year, obviously. But, you know, you're not dancing is not for everyone. Mm. And while it might be for them at a certain point in their life, there's not every child that walks through your door is not going to dance from the ages three till 18. Like it's just, it's not logical or possible. So there's no point trying to make that happen. I just love it. I don't hear what you're saying often enough. Like when I opened up a studio in Patterson, I was really clear. I wanted to to be a conservatory style of dance. So students had to take Mm. a certain amount of classes and students that, and parents that didn't want that, I was fine with letting them go somewhere else. Like I just, Mm. I just, I'm not the type of person that was wanted to be the studio for everybody. And when I work for my clients to get really clear on their values so that their teachers can teach from a value centered place and the curriculum can Mm. move from that place. It's about being willing to let the people who don't agree with those go. So then it'll create room for the people who do and it'll make your life Mm. easier. It does. And it just, it, that's, it, that's what it does. Basically just makes your life a whole lot easier. Like I, and I know, you know, it's scary to make those changes or to stick to your guns and not, you know, bend to every person's whim. But if you keep doing that, you're, you're really creating a business that they want, not a business that you want. And whilst I'm very mindful, like I am mindful that they're clients and I want to be flexible, obviously, but there is some things that I'm not willing to negotiate on. Right. And that comes down to being clear on your brand and all of those things go into it. I love, you do so many things. You're like a girl after, a woman, excuse me, after my own heart. You have the podcast. Don't you have two podcasts? No, I, like I tried for, like I'm always trying things. I Um, I tried converting our, like our newsletter sort of monthly info into like an audio version for our dance studio. And it was okay, but it didn't, it didn't really work. So I wouldn't call that a podcast, okay. um, but I wanted to test it out and see if it did, but it, it didn't really. And that's okay. I just sort of stopped doing that. But yeah, just the one podcast. Well, testing and, and sharing and failing and redoing is something that you said earlier. And I just applaud mm. you for that because I think what you do, you're doing is great. It's making an impact and it's needed. And without trial and error, we couldn't get there. It can't be safe. Like, and that's what I want people to know when they listen, like do that thing and try it out because you can't be safe. Like you can't, like even in dance class, if you're yeah. safe, you won't improve. Oh no, exactly. And that's, it's always interesting to me as, as teachers, a lot of people that I work with have that motto or they have that belief, but then when it comes to themselves, they don't necessarily apply it. So, you know, I try and be as brave as I want my students to be. And, you know, I've never done anything that's really bitten me on the tushy or anything, but you know, there's has been things that just didn't work out. And I still look back and go, Oh, you know what? I probably would have done that differently. 
or I would have done, but I've learned from it. And I feel like that's all we can do in life because, you know, no, literally no one is perfect. And I, it, I know it's like a cliche, but it's just, you know, I, I do my best to do the best by people, but I, I don't claim to get everything right. And I'm open and I tell my students that I tell my parents that, and I think it just creates, it creates more of a human connection in my opinion. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so the, the, the coaching business, the two locations of the studio and your amazing podcast, what do you outsource? <laughs> like <laughs> everything. <laughs> um, Give us a laundry sorry. list really quick. Or you know what would be oh. really helpful? Okay. Let's approach it this way. If the person is just getting to the place where they can start to outsource but can't get everything outsourced oh, okay. where would you start well I'll give you I'll give you a little a brief overview on different aspects what I outsource and then I can tell people where to start as well so at the dance studio we outsource web staff and tech things we have a VA that works with us sort of a set amount of hours per week to update websites to fix bugs to do sort of really basic WordPress processing things that just sort of are are repetitive, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And she's worked with us now for like three years. And so we know we work really well together, which is great. Then as well at my dance studio, I obviously have teachers and I have an office manager who will do the day-to-day phone calls, emails, all the accounts. Well, she, I don't even say the day-to-day. She just essentially runs the joint. And I focus now more on a student experience and student new student engagement and just sort of always trying to think of new things. That's my sort of side main focus. Um, and then obviously I manage all of my teachers. Uh, and then with the coaching business, I also have a separate uh, VA assistant extraordinaire who does like edits the podcast and um, edits, you know, she is a voiceover artist as well. So she's all these amazing things that uh, she does. Um, and she will do like do up my notes for some of the podcasts and she'll email potential clients and she, you know, there's just so many things that we do to, she does a lot. So I do, and then like random things I might need, I might just go to like Fiverr or something like that. But if you're just starting out, I would recommend using a service like Fiverr or something because it, you can, you say, if you want, you know, social media posts done for a month. You can set a start and end date and your cost limit and people can either like apply or you can sort of pick someone and, or if you just want a flyer made or, you know, if you need a, a something fixed, you know, you can just get that done and that's F-I-V-E-R-R. Um, and I'll link service. it. I'll link it in the show notes yeah. as well. That's a really good one. The other one for more ongoing things I like is Upwork. And that's if you were looking to hire like an assistant or a VA or someone, you know, and it really doesn't, I say to my clients, you don't have to hire someone for long stretches of time. Like you don't have to full-time employ someone, you know, even if it's just for, you know, three hours a week to start off with, and then you can really see what they're going to do first and then grow from there. And I always recommend if you are trying to find someone that you want them to grow, like to make that clear in the position because, you know, that's just, you know, you want, you don't have to keep training people every time you add another hour. So that's really good. And yeah, those two services are really good. I'm sure there's a million out there, but those are the ones that I've used the most and have found the most success with. I don't know if you knew, but you can wear Apollo Performance Shocks on convention floors, on rugs, on marley, on wood. Like, they are just so versatile, and they can be used in so many different environments. You can also wear them with sneakers, without sneakers, to give you extra support. 
I just really love my shocks. I can teach a full day in them and I have achy knees and achy ankles. Hello, 38, my birthday was on New Year's Eve. And my body is just changing. But you know what? I wear my shocks and it keeps me protected and my body healthy all day. As I age, I am really into taking care of my instrument. I really wanna make that one of my focuses for 2019. So if you're a teacher and you teach long days and you wanna really care for your body, if you're tired of feeling achy and uncomfortable, head over to apolloperformance.com and give the shocks a try. They have so many different kinds and colors. And if you go check them out and get yourself a pair, let me know how you like them. I'd love to hear. So a customer or a potential client comes to you, I want to dive into more of your coaching business and says, Mm -hmm. what is a business and mindset coach? What do you do? How do you explain that? Well, mostly my first thing is I just try and get people on a discovery call. So I have a free, you know, 30 minute call where I talk to people and I find that's the better way for me to connect versus trying to explain you know, via email. But if someone, some people are a little bit hesitant to do that, even though it's free, basically I just tell them, you know, I specialize in those things like you mentioned, mentioned business and mindset, but I'm really trying to assist them in any area that they need to really create a dance studio and a business that they love. And a lot of the time, I I just see so much on like Facebook and things where just studio owners are really struggling. They're struggling Mm -hmm. with the day-to-day. They're struggling with managing all of the work. They're struggling with managing parents' rising expectations. And they sort of, I feel like they are constantly working from a place of stress. And, you know, that to me is just not healthy. And I just know that there can be a better way. And I, again, I don't claim to have all of the answers. I I never do, but I, I know that I have strategies that I think are going to be really helpful to other people. So basically I would tell them that I will, you know, review where their business is at. We'll talk about what their goals are and what they would like to see from their business, whether it be more of a lifestyle change, whether it be getting the business organized to sell, whether it be to scale it and grow it, whether it be to just start. And from there we can really cater what they need essentially. And if there's areas that I don't have, all of the knowledge on, I can go away and do research or, you know, refer them to other people as well. And, you know, some again, just like the dance studio, sometimes people aren't the right fit and that's okay too. So I only want to take on clients who are, you know, hardworking, who want to make change. And so I, I am clear about that as well. And that sort of happens through either, you know, a couple of chat on email or or hopefully they'll want to jump on a zoom call with me just to just so I can speak to them in person and really get an idea about who they are and what type of business they have because some people even though they say they want help they don't really they just want you to tell them what they're doing is right and if you don't think so they (laughs) they don't want to hear it you're absolutely freaking yeah right yeah and yeah yeah, I know it's humbling it's humbling you have to be humble to ask for help In any area of your dance studio. I think as dancers and as dance studio owners and dance educators, we're tough. It's not easy for us to say we can't or we don't know how. But I'm finding that I want to work with the people who are humble and who don't mind and who are open and, and ready to dive in and ready to change and grow. Yeah. And I'm absolutely like with my clients, I build a rapport. And so that we do have that discussion where I'm like, hey, have you thought about this? I don't think that's going to work. No, I don't think that's the right, you know, but at the end of the day, I, it is their business. And I tell them that like, you know, you don't, 
anything that I tell you is advice. You don't have to take it on. You can tweak it for you. We can try and find that middle ground that makes you comfortable. Like I want to try and push them out of their comfort zone to really figure out where they can grow, Mm -hmm. but it's not, there's not a clear set path for each individual. So it's just trying to helping them to get to their ultimate goal as quickly as possible. Can you talk about some of the packages you offer and a little bit about what the package looks like, like what the outline of working with you looks like? Yeah. Well, at the moment, I'm also in the process of streamlining this. When I first started, I think I was trying to have too many avenues and it just got confusing. So now I just have a a couple of sort of DIY courses um, that are just more tech systems courses that people can purchase and go through at their own pace and they don't really have a lot to do with me. And then I also have a like a I see more of like a customized experience with some of those courses where the content is the same, but then we have like a weekly coaching call to really make customize it for them. And then probably my most popular package is just a three month general coaching package where I start working with a client. We talk each week. We kind of think of a focus for the, the following week. I set, you know, goals and things that they're going to come back to me the week after. And I would say that is my most popular. But again, I have a couple more that I think are redundant and I need to get rid of. So I'm in the process of streamlining that as well and just sort of trial and error which ones were most popular. I agree with you. I'm in the process too to figure it out because there's so many things Mm. that I enjoy doing in, in the realm of coaching. And I'm like, okay, this isn't working. So it is definitely trial and error. So I get it. Yep. Yeah. So I love to use this podcast as a workshop for those who want to pursue something similar than you. So if there's mm-hmm. a dancer out there or a studio owner or anyone who's like, I think I really have what it takes to be a business and mindset coach for dance studio owners. Could you just talk about how to get started? Like, what do you suggest? Yeah, well, I would suggest first kind of doing some research. I know people get funny about looking at like in quote marks competitors, but <laughs> I like it's I think it's really smart to look around what's out there, you know, ways that you're similar to people, ways that you're different and really try and figure out what your avenue is going to be, like what's your thing going to be. I do think, you know, finding a niche or having a specialty is something that is really smart because then they can go, Hey, you're the, you know, the, you're the enrollment girl. You're the, you're the systems girl. You're the tech girl or lady, man, woman, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but just sort of being mindful of that. If you've never done any coaching before, I would say to try and find either, either your own coach or a course or something that does go through, you know, elements of coaching. It is, it is different to just chatting with someone and there is, it's, techniques and there is education out there to really help you get the best from your clients. So I would say think about that. I would say really look at your calendar and figure out if it's actually worth going down this path that you actually have enough time versus adding an extra revenue stream at your studio or doing birthday parties or adding on more camps or something like that. And I always ask myself whenever I'm wanting to start something new, like what 
why am I wanting to do it? Am I just bored? Am I unhappy? Um, you know, is there actually like a purpose out there for what I want to do before I start going down that? And I, you know, I'm quick to jump in and always want to try something new, but I have to, as I get older, I have to really ask myself whether that's the right thing to do at the moment. Other than that, all of the regular stuff, like you know, you got to pick a name, secure your website and your social media handles and all of that. And then really just start connecting with people, build community, find your niche, like I said, and then just start getting your name out there basically. So you brought up before you said, um, get a coach. Like I have a coach. I think they're great to Mm. have. I have a branding coach and I love coaches who have coaches or who have had them. Yeah. I think it's a great, I think it's a great way a to get better at what you're doing again, being really authentic and vulnerable about, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. And then Mm -hmm. taking a step to get better at it. And then it also, when you're watching them coach you or going through it, it gives you ideas on how to oh, coach. Yeah. So it's just like, absolutely. I think it's one of the, the best things that I've ever done. Also- I, I'll be completely honest. Like at the moment, I don't, I don't have a coach. I had finished up with working with a couple of courses and a couple of people that were fantastic. And I just felt like I was overwhelmed with content. So I have sort of this year taken and uh, made an effort to consume less and do more but I do think that was a conscious effort I made this year because, like I said, I've always been obsessed with learning, and I think it's it's so important. But I I was it was I didn't particularly when I was starting my coaching business, I wanted to make sure that it was actually me, and I wasn't just sort of mimicking someone else. Mm. Or and not to say that that happens, but I just I was I was mindful of it. So this year I've sort of taken a break from having specialized coaching. But I'm definitely open to it. And I like I had I have throughout the year put some feelers out and trying to find some people that I think I could work with. And I haven't found the perfect person for me yet, but I know that they're out there. And if you do find someone that you really connect with, I I think it can be super beneficial. And I love that. Like I remember when I first started my my um, coaching business, I just got a random coach and I worked with them like on a month trial basis. And it was mm. there was no connection. I didn't do the investigation. Mm. I didn't like see if we connected. And now mm. the coach I have now is amazing. And it was that yeah. connection, just really doing the research, listening to the podcast if they have one, looking at their Facebook, yeah. looking at their what exactly. they write about. Like, are they speaking your language? Yeah, um, that's what you really have to and look for. Pretty quickly, like you said, if you do a Google of them and you watch their videos and stuff, you'll you'll get an idea of whether you're going to connect with their personality. And as if I'm talking to potential coaches out there, that's why having a presence online, either through podcasting or YouTube or Instagram stories or whatever it is that may be that you you can share your personality, it's either going to turn people off or get people pumped and you want to do that. You don't, again, you don't like the dance studio. You don't want to be just sort of wandering along in the middle. You really want to have people who think you're great and people who are not a fan and that's okay too. (laughs) Exactly. So since you brought up social media, how did you spread the word? I know you had people writing for inquiries and had questions and things like that. But when you said, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this business or this component of my business. How did you really get the word out? Well, it's been a process and I'm again, I'm still trialing and erroring because when I started this business, I didn't want to go into debt or I didn't want to use a lot of money from the dance studio or anything. I really wanted to keep it separate. So I did try and 
not spend a whole heap on advertising and anything to begin with. But you know, as as time's gone gone on uh, has gone on, and I've got more clients, I've sort of increased that. So I've been uh, testing in posting in uh, Facebook groups that are relevant to my audience. So with the podcast, obviously I have free content. So I'm able to go, Hey guys, if you're interested in listening to this, like check it out. And obviously being in iTunes and on Google, when people search it, it does come up. And I think that's also important in like the titles that you pick. So just to be mindful of that, if you, you know, if you use your name, which is, you know, fine, but when people search your topic subject, you need to then, sorry. Yeah. Subject, subject, topics you need to also have that in somewhere so that you're easier to find um but yeah tried free advertising in facebook you know advertising uh, small amounts of money to free downloads and things like that to grow my email list i'm still working on that i'm i i have systems in place but it's just, it's not as growing as quickly as I would have liked. So, you know, just really trying to figure out where the little kinks are and how I can um, smooth that out for the new year. Yeah, I agree with you. I didn't, back to what you said, I didn't want to go into debt or take out any loan, Mm -hmm. like nothing from, and I didn't really, I find with coaching, like what you do pay for is a coach. If you're going to start a podcast, obviously the microphone and the hosting, but you can really advertise for free. Like I mm. do the Facebook groups too related to my content area. And mm. I say, here's a blog post. Here's my latest podcast. Exactly. So I think that the ways to do it and get your the word out about what you're doing are all around you. It's just figuring out mm. which ones you have more fun doing. Like I know right mm. now I'm loving Instagram and Instagram stories. So a lot of my attention yeah. is there. Where last yeah. month it might have been Facebook. Smart. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't I just meant like Instagram is definitely like the way it's all going. So, you know, and I think being ahead of the trends as well, or at least with them. So, you know, even if you really are obsessed with Facebook, if everything, everyone's over on Instagram, you've really got to kind of try and figure out how to make that work for you too. Could you talk to us about a time where you were just like, uh, I I can't balance it all, this coaching business, everything, and how you overcame that, if that was ever a time for you? Yeah, no, I'm just laughing. It like happens, you know, <laughs> every once day a week. For I'm me. like, I'm just like, ah, I don't want to do like, I just want to have a sleep today. I just want to watch Netflix. Yeah, and then yeah, it happens all the time. I go through bouts where I'm feeling really negative, and I just don't want to do anything. I feel unmotivated. I feel like what I'm doing is useless, and no one wants it. And then like the next morning, I'll wake up and be like, "Woo, it's the best thing ever. Everyone loves me." <laughs> so it's just like you know, I think we're all emotional beings, and some of us uh, are more up and down than others. And like I am completely mindful that you know I have a busy life. Like there is times at the dance studio where I'm I'm needed, and that's okay. And when I'm like, for instance, the last couple of weeks, I just finished my show and I have, you know, a lot of students that need my attention and there, you know, a lot of stuff gets done without me these days. But at the end of the day, there is still a lot of things that I do and I have to do. And so my coaching business just had to kind of take a little step back just for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks and that's okay. And I might not have been as present on social media and I, I know I definitely didn't post enough on Instagram, but, you know, it'll be okay. So, you know, just giving yourself a bit of breathing room as well and giving yourself, you know, care, I guess. And yeah, but I just think being constantly happy and motivated is an unrealistic expectation and everyone knows that, but it's just you always feel like you're the one that's not. 
Right. It feels like, oh, no, I'm the one yeah. who sucks. I'm the one yeah. who's, who, who, who's so bad at this. I get it. I melt down yeah. like all the time. I, yeah, I'll exactly. join your club. Oh, so yeah. you were talking about like uh, your coaching having to take like a back seat because of other priorities. And I want to talk about that with like the seasons we talked about like recently. I know Instagram is a great way to get the word out. It's a lot of freaking work, though. And you could catch yourself on there mm. all day getting caught up in what others are doing and then also trying to really grow your platform. But one yeah. thing I set for myself yesterday, I am only going to spend three hours a day. And I set a time frame from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. to like do reply, respond anything on social media, just because I felt like that was starting to consume me. And I say that because I want people to know, like, if you're going to do a coaching business like Claire, if you ever want to start anything, you have to be able to do it within your restraints. Everybody's restraints are different. Like everybody's boundaries Mm -hmm. are different and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. And obviously eventually as you grow, you can get more people to assist you. So those boundaries may grow a little, if that makes sense. But there has to be rules and, you know, I am very open with my coaching clients and I want them to reach out to me whenever they need, but I just sort of feel like they have an understanding of being respectful as well. Like they don't feel the need to call me at one o'clock in the morning or, you know, like it's just sort of, I'm, they're mindful of my restraints as well, but I try and do the best that I can. And I, I want that honest feedback from them. So they ever feel like there's, you know, they're not getting what they want or they're wanting to go another direction. I always encourage them to speak with me in that way. And again, I, I've only been sort of um, balancing at any one time about four clients, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, not a lot, but you know, obviously then people finish and I get new clients, but I would, I'm sort of testing out whether I could I do six at a time or could I do eight or would it be too much? You know what I mean? So, but in my opinion, there's only one way to really know and that's to try. So I think the most um, I ever balanced was two. So right now you're my hero. I'm like, wow, Claire has four. I only have ever had to balance two. And now I'm going to go into my I suck misery mode. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I know, but it also depends on like as a coach, what you deliver. So, you know, for some some clients, I go into their business and I write systems and I create systems and I never could have more of that one, more than one of that particular client at any one time because that is a lot of extra work. But then I have clients where we meet on a weekly basis and it is let, it is more going over their goals and their expectations and going over things that have come up at the studio and really just talking out how to get to that next point. And then I might have to go away and spend an hour, you know, finding certain information or assisting them somehow, but it's not eight hours of extra work, if that makes sense. No, it totally does. And we're going to wrap up soon, but I do want to ask you, when you started out, how did you figure out pricing? Ugh. I know, I know. (laughs) Um, Oh, look, honestly, (laughs) it's really difficult. I, again, what I've been doing is testing it. So, trying to sell a package of this amount if you know try 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 if it doesn't sell you know reduce it slightly try again and then kind of see where people are most likely to buy in my opinion I'd rather have things a little bit less and actually selling them than higher and then no one buy them and I'm mindful that you know I'm I'm a new coach so I don't want to be ridiculously over expensive but then also my time is valuable to me and to I, whatever time I spend doing this is taking me away from something else. So I just kind of, you got to figure out what, what your 
willing to work for per hour, I guess. And then obviously try and include your expenses. If you do have an assistant, all of that other stuff, your internet, like you know, like we said, there's no, there's not a lot of overheads, but they are still there. I, yeah, it, ma- it makes me think about my teaching rate. Like at each journey mm. of my teaching, my rate was different and there was a non-negotiable price I wouldn't go under. So it's like, <laughs> for me, I'm like, what will I not like, what will I do this work for and what will I not do it less exactly. for? Like, yep. and I think that's just also a good way to look at it. Could you share with us like your go-to tip or a tip for the audience on, <laughs> for the audience on how to systemize, like one thing to systemize their business or to make their life a little easier? So pick your way that you want to do it, whether that be on something like Trello or Asana or I know people use like Google Docs and stuff, which I I don't, but doesn't mean you can't. I would say pick your avenue and get to know it and then figure out which is the best way for you. Um, and for me, that's a combination of writing stuff down. It's a combination of recording my voice, talking through it. It's a combination of recording my screen when I do a task so that I can essentially create a training for someone and they can watch it and do it the next time so I don't have to go over it and over it and over it. So obviously, if I'm introducing a really big task to a new team member, well, of course, I'm going to spend the time to go with it through it with them. But I often find when they go to do it again, then they'll need that extra little boost. So that's there. And then when as time has gone on, I've been able then to create onboarding processes and like, you know, an introduction to certain aspects that go through the things that those particular roles need to know. So there's that. And then also then once you grow more, you can also uh, educate your team members on how to create their own systems as well. That's, that's amazing. I'm definitely going to re-listen to this and take some notes about that because I really like that. I haven't been setting up systems like recording the screen and all that, and I know I should, and this just motivated me to do it. So It is the easiest way because you're, you're still getting to do the task while you're doing it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, Because I often find people get apprehensive about creating systems is that they're like, I don't have time to do it record it for everyone else when I have to still do it. But I say, okay, well, just record it and just talk through it mm-hmm. as, you know, because normally those thoughts are in your head anyway. And now I click here, then I click that, and then I type this. And and you just sort of have to speak it out loud so that you're helping other people as well. I love that. So where do you want your businesses, plural, to go in the next few years? What do you want that to look like? That's a great question. Obviously, you know, generally most people say, grow and I definitely would love to grow income. I'd love to grow impact and I am mindful of that. I, But part of me now as well wants to grow to sustain and support my team members. So it's not just about me. The, the more I can grow my business, the more I can hire more empl- uh, more full-time employees and I can really you know, create a life that they love as well. So that is now it's not always, it's never been always about just about me, but you know, as I get older and the business becomes more established, I am very mindful of my responsibilities to my team members. So I wanted to grow that, you know, in the next few years, well, like next year I'll be getting married and I, I hope in the next few years I'll be having kids and things. Congratulations. So, oh, thank you. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I don't know where that'll take me and, you know, everyone always, you know, I guess I can have an idea of what I think that'll be, but I I don't think you'll ever fully know what it's like until it happens. So, you know, not that I don't plan to stop working or anything and that's fine if other people do, but for me at the moment, I don't think that's something I'd want to do, but I'm 
open to change, but for now, just growing, you know, welcoming new clients, really kind of creating that impact and reaching out to more people across the globe, essentially. That's amazing. I want to ask you, because you are, you love education and learning, where, when you feel like you need inspiration, when you're feeling unmotivated or you want to educate yourself, what are your go-to books, podcasts, whatever you like, you can name the top few that come to your head. I have normally, I am just on a constant stream of business podcasts, but I think I might've overdone it last month. So I've sort of taken a little break, but my podcast that I generally love are Gold Digger. Gold oh my gosh, me Digger too. Me Klitschka. too, me Yeah, too, I me love too. her. Yeah. She's great. So I love that podcast. I pick and choose some Amy Porterfield ones that are relevant to me. And I also, books-wise, Audible, I essentially, like I listen to audiobooks. Um, I do love to read, but I like to listen, read better. Me too. <laughs> uh, and I will often just look in the top charts of the business ones that they recommend. And I found a lot of success in there. And, you know, and the best thing about Audible is that if you start listening and you're like, well, this sucks, you can return it and they don't ask any questions. So like a couple like Blue Ocean Strategy, um, I think I might have had a better title than that. Give me one second. I'll just open up my Audible. Okay. Some of the ones I listened to recently. Other than Harry Potter, <laughs> really good ones. I liked um, She Means Business by Carrie Green I enjoyed. It was more of a step-by-step into the online business world. Um, I enjoyed You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. And uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People I enjoyed. Um, Oversubscribed by Daniel Priestley was good. I'm not finished it yet, but I haven't been enjoying it. And then there's a couple other ones as well but that's I guess a few to get started thank you so much and I'm going to link those in the show notes and I'm definitely going to check some of them out I want to ask you one last question what does Mm -hmm. it mean to you to be a dance boss well for me it's just being able to sort of facilitate my passion for the creative arts in dance into different streams so for me being a professional dancer I don't think would have ever been an option. I'm just that my body is not built that way. I'm, I was never, you know, some of the things that people do on, I just, I'm blown away, but I know that my, my sort of purpose was in educating and sharing that knowledge and love with, you know, the younger generation. So being a dance boss just means able to, again, live a life that I love and share more about dance and education and really try and, grow the quality and, you know, just share that with as many people as possible and, you know, make money while doing it. Okay, Claire, I want you to tell our audience where they can find you. So you can find my podcast, which is the Business of Dance podcast by just searching in, you know, your whatever podcast provider you use. You can find uh, my website at claireoshaycoaching.com and that's C-L-A-I-R-E-O-S-H-E-A, just in case my name is spelled a little odd, <laughs> coaching.com. And then I'm on Facebook and Insta at Claire O'Shea Coaching. So yeah, that's where I am mostly. I have a free Facebook group, but it's connected to my Facebook page. So anyone's welcome to join. Claire, thank you so much. I'm really glad we connected. We have so much in common and mindsets and just like philosophy. So it was a true joy to have you on here. And I'm glad my audience gets to know you a little better. Thank you so much, uh, and thank you for having me on, Erin. It was great. I've, I don't, uh, I've not done many interviews myself before. I'm normally on the other end, so it's been very, very interesting. 
Thank you so much for joining me on today's journey. Make sure to head over to erindpride.com slash danceboss for show notes on today's episode. And come hang out with me on the Dance Boss with Erin Pride Facebook page, where I give tons of free resources and continue the conversation. Have a beautiful day. Thank you for checking out this podcast episode today. I just want to give a big thank you to our sponsor, Apollo Performance. Head over to ApolloPerformance.com to check out their wide selection. Also, if you found this interview helpful, if you liked the episode or if you liked past episodes, can you do me a favor and head over to iTunes and leave a review and rate the show? I know it's tedious and it's something people don't want to do, but the crazy thing is the more people that rate and review the show, the more it is seen in iTunes. And the more it is seen in iTunes, the more love we share and the show may impact someone. So I value you. I thank you for tuning in today and have a beautiful day.